This is the Let's Talk Tribe Weekly Prospect Chat, recorded on June 8th, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and joining me as always is Let's Talk Tribe, Let's Go Tribe, Lead Prospect Writer, Brian Heminger. Brian, what are we going to talk about today? All right. In today's edition of the Prospect Chat, uh, we're going to be talking some all-star selections in the minor league. Um, We're going to be doing my Players of the Week. We'll be talking some injuries, some promotions. It's been a, it's been about three weeks since we've done one, so there's been a lot going on in the minor league system. And, uh, of course, we'll be taking any and all of your questions. Of course, lots of good stuff this week. Um, of course, the biggest thing, I mean, coming up soon, on I guess for some people, I wouldn't say it's the biggest thing for everybody, especially in baseball, the draft is not mm-hmm. the biggest thing because if you don't follow prospects, it's not a big thing. It, it happens. You don't see these players for like five, six years, but... Yeah. For people listening to this show, it's probably at least a little bit of a big deal. Uh, the draft starting next Monday at 7 p.m. Runs through Wednesday. The Indians won't pick, or they have one pick on Monday, which is the 64th overall pick. But uh, They should watching... have two. They do? Because uh, they have a compensatory oh, pick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's 70... Or not compensatory. Or competitive balance, yes. Yeah, 71. Yeah. Competitive balance, B. Yeah. So 64-71. So two on the first day. But either way, you're going to be watching a lot of <laughs> other teams pick before we get to the Indians. Yes. So, um, what can we expect from the Indians? What do you think they'll need? Are they going to be drafting for need? What kind of players do you think they might find somewhere in the draft there? Well, I wrote an article today that is on Let's Go Tribe right now about um, basically the strengths and weaknesses in the Indian system. And I pointed out that right now, at least, um, they have a very balanced system, but they could probably use a little bit of help in a couple areas. Um, First base it seems like really the only guy at fr- the only player in first base that has a chance to to be a big leaguer is Bobby Bradley. I mean, he is a superstar. I think right now he's ranked the number two uh, first base prospect in all of baseball. So that's great that the Indians have him. But after Bobby Bradley, there's not much. I mean, Nelly Rodriguez is struggling mightily in AAA. I mean, he's striking out almost 50% of the time and batting 120. Like, he, he, they moved him to like ninth in the batting order, and he's not even playing every day anymore. So, I mean, he's really, really been struggling. And then uh, Anthony Miller isn't exactly a first base prospect at Lynchburg. They've actually been playing Signar Loopstock, a catcher at first base over him <laughs> for the most part. Uh, and Loopstock's been great, but he's, again, a catcher. Um, and then in Lake County, they have Emmanuel Tapia, a guy that has hit 10 home runs, but he's batting about 200 and striking out about 40% of the time and only walking 5%. So it's not he's very, very different compared to Bobby Bradley, who is striking out a career low 27% and walking about 13, 14%. That's a, that definitely a good line for Bobby Bradley. Um, I didn't realize how yeah. weak first base is. <laughs> I mean, you had some Bobby really Bradley, Nelly Rodriguez well, used to be a prospect, and then there's a steep mm-hmm. drop-off. <laughs> yeah, well, it used to be a strength because you had, you know, Jesus Aguilar, who people thought maybe could become a, a first baseman for the Indians. And then Nelly Rodriguez was playing great all the way up until this season where he just dropped off a cliff. And then Bobby Bradley was the super, you know, the 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 chosen one. And we just haven't really had anything since Bobby Bradley either. And, and we drafted him three years ago now. Yeah, it's so it's 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 time to add some dingers to the, <laughs> to the organization. And you wrote in your uh, strength and weaknesses post that their big miss is right-handed power hitters, which has been kind of a thing for the Indians until they got Edwin, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But do you think they'd even draft like a need at the 64th overall pick? Uh, probably not. Yeah. I mean, they're they're looking to take the best available, and with Indians t- picking up Edwin Encarnacion, they don't have a first round pick, so um, they also don't have a lot of money to spend for the draft pool. So they probably can't afford to go after like those tip top high school prospects that maybe fall through the cracks because people are worried about signing them. They don't have the money to offer these guys to convince them to not go to college. So I think that they're going to go after a lot of uh, college players or maybe a high school player that really wants to go pro and they just need a little bit of extra incentive, not the the super studs that people are saying you're going to be a first-round pick. So, um, you know, the Indians, we're going to see just how good their scouting system is because they're going to need to find some serious uh, diamonds in the rough with a late second-round pick as their first pick. Do you think we might be done seeing the Indians draft so pitcher-heavy uh, at the front end of the draft? I know they don't have any more top picks this year, but it seems the last two years there was a lot of pitchers pick- chosen really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that might finally end, or will it just be coincidence if it does? Um, it's just I think it's just all about what's available. Like last year, I mean, they picked Aaron Savali uh, and... Uh, Shane Bieber with their third round and fourth round picks, and they've been great. They both got promoted already to high A as college arms, uh, and they're pounding the strike zone, maybe a little too much. They're getting hit pretty hard right now in Lynchburg. But um, if if there's a, a good arm available that they think is projectable, they'll go for it. I mean, you can never have too many pitchers, ever. Yeah. So um, if, if they see something they'll go for it, especially I think if it's left-handed because right now uh, I mentioned that is uh, the Indians up until this week had five left-handed pitchers in their top 30 for MLB pipeline and all five were struggling. Uh, Ryan Merritt, Sean Moramando, Juan Hillman, Brady Aiken, and Rob Kaminsky are basically all playing pretty terrible right now. <laughs> and four of those guys, three or four of them, I think is Kaminsky in Triple A. I think he might still be in Double A, but uh, Kaminsky's in Double A, but he's only pitched like two or three games, and he's on the disa- been on the disabled list. Yeah, and then like Mormondo and Mariner all in Triple A, which all sucks. They've gotten to like that last step, and then it's just been mm-hmm. a horrible year for Columbus for pitching. Yeah, Merritt's been doing a little bit better. Like his ERA's finally below four, but I mean that doesn't mean it's great. He's <laughs> yeah. like three point nine five, and then. Hillman and Aiken are starting to turn things around, but, I mean, they got off to a horrific start. So uh, they got to prove a lot. They have a lot to prove yet. So anybody looking for more draft coverage, Brian has been killing it with this stuff. Um, Two or three posts a week about it usually. It's been either a mix of, like, reviewing old drafts, uh, the need, the strengths of the system, the various, um, what do I want to say, depth positions. There we go. Um, Tomorrow you have one coming out about the pool money, which you talked about a little bit ago. Um, and, of course, on draft day, we're going to have all kinds of stuff. Um, I think at this point, this is almost a Let's Go Tribe tradition where we kind of follow the draft and we post each pick in the comments, and you can comment on that. Um, Andrew Kinsman, is, if anybody follows prospect stuff on Let's Go Tribe, they probably know him. Um, he'll be around there, I'm sure, mentioning about the prospects and stuff. And So, yeah, it'll be fun. So, if you if you follow the draft, if you're going to be watching the draft, might as well do it on Let's Go Tribe. Um, mm-hmm. We'll probably have a yeah, special I'll... draft, I guess, or a special draft talk i would assume next thursday for a prospect chat oh for sure because uh one thing though is on tuesday um 
I'll be trying to stick around and, and do a lot of the stuff with the live blogs, but I will also be in Akron interviewing Bobby Bradley in person. So that could interfere with a, a little bit of the live draft coverage for day two. That was the smoothest plug ever, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, nope, you got to tell him I, I can't. I got to go live blog this draft. Well, Sorry, I might Bobby still <laughs> I might still do some during the game while I'm watching the game and covering the game. Like I'll just have like a feed or whatever. No, you're but, fine. We'll find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, some of the players the Indians have now. Um, you mentioned Aaron Savali is new, doing so great in high A right now, but there were some other promotions. Uh, Julian Merriweather he managed his way to AAA. Eight shutout innings in his debut. Eight strikeouts, um, and also Matt Esparza went to Double A. He had ten mm-hmm. strikeouts over eight innings. So. Couple of big promotions uh, this past yeah, and past week. If you want and Savelli was good his first start. I think he went like six or seven innings and gave up one run. And I think it was six innings, one run, struck out like seven. So they all did amazing in their debuts. I mean, they, they it was like uh, the promotion train. Like Merriweather went to Columbus to, from Double A AA to Triple A, left a vacancy. So Esparza went from High A to Double A, and then. Uh, uh, Savali went from regular A to high A, and and they were spectacular. And Merriweather first start, and, and you got to remember, first start it was against uh, Scranton, the New York uh, Yankees team that has Glaber Torres, Clint Frazier, former Indians top prospect, and and he blew those guys away. He struck both of them out at least once. Um, I mean, he he really has impressed, and he's and he was hitting 97 miles an hour in the eighth inning. So, I mean, that just shows how how strong this kid's arm is. I mean, he hasn't been a top prospect in the Indian system because he's older, and he didn't really start pitching amazing until last year. But I mean, last year, I mean, he began the year by giving up like three runs in his first like eight or nine starts combined before getting promoted to Double A. So uh, I think Julian Merriweather is leapfrogging a bunch of pitching prospects in the Indian system when they announce their midseason update for the MLB pipeline. He kind of feels like it, there's nothing else to warrant this comparison other than like the level of height, but it feels like Yandy Diaz, where mm-hmm. he hasn't been very known all the way through the majors, but now he's kind of older and he's in AAA and people are going to take notice because he's, he's really good at times. Yeah, and debut, he, he's had another couple of games this year. He's not like he shouldn't be under the radar as much as he is. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's yeah it's it's because the Indians drafted him as a college senior. Like usually when you get drafted out of college, you're a junior, so they're maybe like 21 years old. He was like 23 when they drafted him, so everybody's like, oh, he's he's too old, and he has just blasted through the system because he started last season in high A and right now he's in triple A and he is the best triple A pitcher up for the Indians except for maybe Mike Clevenger who's back in triple A for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um so what about Matt Esparza who got that? Uh, wasn't he doing pretty rough for a little bit afterwards? I was kind of worried about the Brian Heminger bump, but now it's apparently back because <laughs> of that double A yeah. debut. Um well he he didn't have a great start. But they promoted him anyway because he'd been so consistent throughout the season. And then he's been excellent in double A. So, um, I mean, his his stuff, he, it plays up. I mean, he's got good strikeout stuff. He's got a live arm uh, that hits uh, the mid-90s. And I think uh, Matt Esparza is another guy that's going to be debuting on the MLB Pipeline Top 30 any day now. Along with uh, Thomas Pannone, who got promoted earlier this year and He'll be in my uh, players of the week as well. Uh, 
I mean, this kid just continues to put up zeros. I mean, he hasn't he doesn't have the crazy streak anymore of not giving up runs. But uh, his last start this past week, he went, let's see, uh, six and two-thirds innings, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. I mean, what more can you ask? <laughs> so, And that's in double A since being promoted. So uh, just a, a really, really special young player. So, But, yeah, uh, Esparza and Pannon have kind of been linked. They were in Lake County together to start last season. They both got promoted about the same time to high A, and, and then they both got promoted pretty close together to double A this year. So they're, they, they haven't stayed at any level very long in the past two years. So they're doing a great job. So that's enough, enough happiness and good news for the week, I think. Let's talk injuries. <laughs> Time oh, to get boy. some sad things. Um, I'll let you run down most of them, but the most heartbreaking one, obviously, is Dylan Baker. Uh, you just interviewed yeah. him, and then he had such a hard road back from multiple arm mm-hmm. injuries, and then uh, he didn't pitch that many games, did he? And now he's down again. Yeah, he, he pitched about six games. He had one that wasn't so hot, and then uh, he came in and then left in the middle of his outing, like mid-at-bat. Um, and they said it was shoulder, like the Akron Rubber Ducks uh, Twitter said it was like shoulder soreness, but then when they put him on the disabled list the next day, it was because of a back injury. So maybe it was a back thing that uh, activated the shoulder, so that maybe made the shoulder hurt. But um, yeah, that, that's just tragic. I mean, this kid has been through so much. If you haven't read my interview with Dylan Baker, I think it's one of the best ones I've ever done with any Indians prospect. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. It'll actually be getting reposted in like the Juno Times this week at some point. Uh, oh, I had uh, cool. I had one of their reporters reach out to me because they were they really liked the interview and they wanted they asked for my permission to to post parts of it on in their on their site so or in their newspaper. So I thought that was really cool because Baker's from Alaska. And, uh, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. He's trying to get a copy of that. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely will if I can. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he, but he's on the disabled list. Uh, I'm just thankful it's not an arm thing because he's been through so much with his arm. Um, having the Tommy John surgery and then uh, I forget what the heck the the surgery he had to have to relieve, like, tension in his, in his arm and tension on his nerves that was making his arm, like, all tingly and... Like he had to have multiple procedures on his arm and and to remove bone spurs and they shaved down his like ulna like he's had so many problems over the last three years, but uh, he's hopefully he he's back and healthy. But yeah, he's not the only one that's been hurt. Um, uh, Logan Ice, another guy that I interviewed, man. Uh, but I interviewed him I think while he was hurt and he just didn't tell me, so I'm not. <laughs> I don't think he got hurt after talking to me because he, he hadn't played for a day or two. Then he didn't play for about three more days. Then they put him on the disabled. But uh, Logan Ice, last year's Indian second-round competitive balance pick, a uh, really talented young catcher. Um, he's hurt. Uh, I think it – I forget what it was. I think it was a uh, wrist, but I, I don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. Uh, Luke Wakamatsu, another really talented young shortstop. He's injured. Uh, Justin Garza, uh, who's also coming off of Tommy John surgery, he he pitched about four or five starts after uh, being activated earlier this year, and now he's back on the disabled list. And then uh, Mitch Longo, a guy that uh, also didn't begin the year because of a hamate bone injury, he's now on the disabled list again after only getting to play for like a week and a half at Lake County. So Lake County is just getting 
battered with injuries. All of those guys I just mentioned, except for Dylan Baker, are in Lake County. Wow. I, mean, I think they have like the overall worst record in the, the system Oh, yeah, right by, by far. I mean, they're just getting blasted with injuries. And that's not even all their injuries. I didn't even mention like Alexis Pantoja and, and a couple other. And Gabriel Mejia, who's still injured, one of the, the only top offensive prospects on the team. Um, so... Yeah, they're they're in they're in really rough shape. They've been having to call up they they had to call up a guy named Kevin Bradley who was like an independent player, uh, just just to fill in the gaps right now. <laughs> so what we're saying so, is, if you're on, around Lake County, you can hit a baseball. Just go, maybe try out. <laughs> you yeah. might get in. <laughs> you might. Uh, yeah, they've had a really rough go of it. I think they're about twenty and thirty eight or something on the season it's now. Really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's rough. And they they had one All Star selection, and it was their closer. <laughs> Oh, wow. But I will I will say he has been really, really good. Uh, Ryder Ryan, if you haven't heard of him. All right. It's a great name, Ryder Ryan, oh, first is, yeah. of all. Um, uh, but I got to check just how deep he was drafted because it's pretty crazy. He yeah, was I've never a even heard of him before. 30th round draft pick last year. And he had like a 3.8 ERA for the Arizona League, Rookie League. So he wasn't that impressive. Uh, but they put him in, they had him skip Mahoning Valley completely. And he started the year in Lake County. And he has gone 21 innings, given up two runs, struck out 27 batters. Wow. 0.84 ERA. He has been phenomenal. And he has not allowed a run in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. His last ten appearances, at least, uh, could be more than that. Actually, That's yeah, crazy. he he allowed runs in his in two of his first three appearances this year, and he has not allowed a run in his last thirteen. So that's pretty good. So it's an all-star for Lake County. Do you have any idea who might be other ones? I'm guessing maybe Francisco Mejia. Just just maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to do it. I mean, he's only batting like 340 on the oh, season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he has the best batting average in the Indian system right now by about 40 points. Oh, he really? is so good. Yeah, there's nobody else in the Indian system batting over 300, I think. That's, that's kind of exciting and kind of sad. Yeah, kind of sad as well. I mean, there's a bunch of guys right around 300, like Mike Poppy and Willie Castro and uh, Sam Haggerty and some other people. Yeah, I was going to say Haggerty was one of them. He was up there. His on base percentage is like 320, mm -hmm. but <laughs> yeah, a ton of hits. So, uh, I, so for in terms of all-star selections, they haven't announced the other levels. The Indians might get hosed a little bit because of their promotions. Um like McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie will definitely be an all-star. I mean, he is the all-star pitcher in the Carolina League right now. Um, Francisco Mejia will definitely be uh, the catcher in Double A. He's almost certainly going to be in the Futures game. I think Tristan McKenzie will be in the Futures game. Um, for everybody else, uh, I think like Julian May Merriweather would have been an all-star at Double A, but now he's promoted. Um, Shane Bieber would have been an all-star at single A Lake County, but he got promoted. Um, so the promotions are probably screwing up. You, there's a reason that the Indians usually, usually wait to promote a lot of the players till the all-star game because they want them to get their, you know, accolades and then they promote them after their, their appearance in the game. Hmm. But, uh, because of injuries and because some of them were just playing so well, they're just like, we're not waiting. So 
Uh, I don't think they're going to have a ton of all-stars this year, to be completely honest, uh, just because of promotions. Like Mike Poppy, he probably would have been a double-A all-star, but he's in triple-A now, and he's playing well. So how does that work, then? It's all based on your stats, and they're in the, in the level, and you have to be in that level. At yeah, and you still have to be there. Yeah, you still have to be like there. Like, yeah. like Thomas Pannone, like, never gave up a run at high-A Lynchburg. Like, uh, <laughs> so, but he can't be an all-star because he's... He, he probably doesn't have enough in double A to be considered yeah. an all star, so he doesn't get anything. No, he gets nothing. He he gets hosed because yeah. he definitely deserves it. He has the lowest WHIP and ERA of any player in minor league baseball right now. Wow, they they, should, they could do at least like the NFL does with every, when everybody just drops out of the the Pro Bowl. Just mm-hmm. Mark him as an all star and just say you can't go for whatever because he got promoted. As <laughs> that makes so much more sense. He's definitely think, an all-star. Yeah, that, that would make more sense, but I, I don't think that's how it's going to work. <laughs> One of these days, Brian. Yeah. I'm, Signar Lufstock might make an all, the all-star team uh, in in high A Lynchburg or Carolina League uh, for Lynchburg. Awesome. Just that I mean, name. he's got such a great name. He he's does. got such a great name. <laughs> and and he has been great. Like He's been batting about 280. He's been hitting home runs, doubles. He's been getting on base. He got hit by pitches twice today. The poor, poor guy. But. <laughs> Like, he, he's an on-base machine right now. Like, last week, I think he got on base about 72% of the time. So, wow. Yeah. So, uh, most of the people listening to this, or a good chunk of them at least, are probably listening on the top of the um, Minor League Player of the Week list. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Brian, why don't you give us a short preview of who you got going on there? Well, uh, two players are incredibly obvious. Uh, Tristan McKenzie and Francisco Mejia. They're not only two of our our two top prospects that are currently in the minor league system. Um, they both had the two best weeks. Uh, McKenzie had two starts this week. One of them was tonight. Tonight he went seven innings, two hits, one run, one walk, 13 strikeouts. In his other start, seven innings, four hits, one run, one walk. And five strikeouts. So he struck out 18 batters, two runs, 14 innings pitched. Uh, I mean, he, he is an absolute animal. 19 years old. He's four years younger than the average player in the Carolina League. So, I mean, he is a special, special talent. And then uh, Francisco Mejia, he didn't play a ton of games this week, but he went 8 for 18 at the plate, batted 444, and he had back-to-back two home run games. <laughs> Uh, the second one was uh, earlier today. So, uh, and he had 11 RBIs, five walks. So his slugging was only, you know, 1,111. Um, for the other players, uh, Tanner Tully had uh, basically an Indians like 25th round pick last year. He's basically been forced into starting duty with Lake County because of their injuries. He's normally a long reliever. But in that 13 inning extravaganza, he went seven innings, one run, no walks, six strikeouts. So, Great performance from him. Uh, Thomas Pannone had a six and two-thirds scoreless inning start earlier this week. Um, Luigi Rodriguez in Akron's doubleheader yesterday went seven for eight with three doubles and two home runs just into those two games. So based on that performance alone, he is going to be getting in because it skews his stats so much for the week. And then the last guy I'm still working on, it might be Richie Schaefer. I don't know. He had two grand slams this week, but his batting average was like 300. So I'm still debating on who uh, number six is. But, I mean, they shouldn't win because the other five were better. <laughs> They're regardless. just filler, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but those two, Mackenzie and Mejia, are just insane. Mm-hmm. Those are two names I think we're going to see in the majors someday. I hope. Hopefully well, on the we Indians. Will, and we will just knock on wood here. <laughs> uh, they stay healthy, uh, but. I think not only will they be in the majors, I think by the time they get called up to the majors, they'll both be top 10 prospects. Ooh, I like, like that prediction. In all of Major League Baseball. That's a bit, was, um, I'm pretty sure Lindor was. He was up there in the top 10. Oh, yeah. Lindor was like number four or five overall. I think, I think right when the Indians called him up, he was like number seven. Like, because for some reason people were like, oh, he didn't hit quite as well. Let's drop him a couple spots you know that bum he was bored of the minors he'll never he'll never be a good offensive player he's (laughs) he's glove glove only yeah totally (laughs) he'll probably be boring too and not exciting to watch whatsoever Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of who would have been another top prospect that was top when they called him up zimmer obviously wasn't yeah well he was close i mean he was like in the 20s so but yeah they they haven't had a lot of like elite top 10 prospects when they called him up. I I'm, I'm sure CC Sabathia would have been pretty high yeah. but I wasn't really following the prospect scene back Dare then. Did I say Matt Laporta? No, I highly doubt it. <laughs> oh, was he already post tight by the time he came up? I can't even remember anymore. I blocked it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might he, have been he came like... up and he was up up and down for a while before the Indians finally gave up on him. Yeah. But either way, yeah, he and McKenzie by the time they're both up it's going to be really exciting. Um, so this week, I, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, I think it they might be getting up sooner than anybody's really expecting. Yeah. Well, uh, MLB Pipeline says McKenzie in 2019, and I would not be shocked if he CC Sabathia's it and makes it up <laughs> by the time he's 20 years old. Yeah, that could definitely happen. He's he's a little bit uh, thinner than CC Sabathia, but. It's, it's a really similar trajectory they're going on here. I think right? he, he probably weighs one-third CC Sabathia. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's not a knock at anybody. It's just that kid Oh, yeah. Real. It's just how – yeah. They, they yeah. call him Sticks for a reason. Yeah. Like one of my favorite <laughs> tweets of all time, uh, Todd Isaacs, who's on Lake County right now, he was teammates with McKenzie last year in Mahoning Valley. Mm-hmm. He posted, like, for just uh, 50 cents a day, you can support my bros, my buddy Sticks. <laughs> and it was a picture of McKenzie on the mound, and, like, you could – like if he just turned sideways, <laughs> you couldn't even see him. Like it was so funny. Like he found like a perfect screenshot of him on the mound. I thought it was just great. That's I can't cool. wait for a chance to talk to him just to to see the the flack he gets about being so skinny. Yeah, and he, he seems to roll with it. He seems like a really interesting person on Twitter and stuff. So yeah, I think when you talk to Juan Hellman, he mentioned him too, didn't he? About they used to play. Um, what did they play? Call of Duty. But yeah, Call of Duty. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so for this week, we, we sort of answered the one question. Um, 3.30 and 5.13 on Twitter. He wanted to know where do you see the Trap going with the first pick of the mm-hmm. draft, high school, college. I think we answered that enough. Um, you basically said whatever's yeah. there, which is basically I, the same. Yeah, whatever's the there, but I, I, I expect college uh, just because they're easier to sign and cheaper to sign and they don't have a big draft pool. So yeah. I'm expecting they're going to go heavy on the college and then take a couple shots later in the draft, maybe on some prep guys. Yeah. And then um, our first question by email, which, by the way, you can email us, bn, let's go tribe at gmail.com, or as Bob Hamill did, um, you can just click, I guess we have a button that says you can send a tip. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I got an email from, like, SB Nation itself that said you received a tip from this person, and Bob wanted to know, any news on Anthony Santander, which, if, if anybody doesn't remember, he's the player that the, the Baltimore Orioles sort of surprisingly took uh, with the, the very last pick of the Rule 5 draft. Um and now he, he appears to still be on the be, – well, he's not with the Indians, obviously. So so what's his situation, Brian? Okay. 
there's there's several updates with the Anthony Santander situation. Uh-oh. Um, well, first off, it was announced like early in the season that Baltimore was going to do. They said that they were going to try to keep him, uh, but then it didn't make sense that they wanted to keep would try to keep him because they really needed some outfield help. People kept getting hurt. Um, they were needing spots on their roster, so he opened the season on the DL uh, because of elbow issues. They weren't very specific about the elbow. Um, and they just have, they've had him on the DL all season. And I don't, I don't really buy it personally. I think that they're just hoarding him on the disabled list right now. And what they're going to do is just keep him on the disabled list until the 40 man rosters expand in September. And then they'll let him, they'll activate him right then. And then they'll probably have him start next year with enough days to keep him. I, I really think that they're gaming the system a bit. Um, like, he was playing in spring training games. He was playing, and he's still too injured right now. <laughs> and they Like, they, they shut him down uh, four weeks ago uh, because they said an MRI revealed a strained elbow ligament, and they gave him a, a PRP injection or something, and that he would be resumed throwing and stuff in six weeks. So he's still shut down right now, probably. And then they're going to have an extensive rehab assignment for him yeah. in the minor leagues to get an extra look at him. Like, they're they're seriously, to me, I think, basically taking away a year of this kid's career to try to steal him. Yeah, he so, can't be too happy about that either. Well, he's getting, well, at least he's, uh, you know, now he's, since he's on the <laughs> roster, he, he gets. Uh, oh, that's true. The insurance, he gets some pay. So, I mean, I'm sure he's not not angry about getting the money, <laughs> but um, I'm sure he's frustrated that he's not able to actually play. Yeah. But that's what's going on, and it's looking more and more like uh, he's going to be staying with the Baltimore Orioles. And and he's a good young player. I mean, but yeah, they're they're definitely gaming the system to keep somebody that's never played above Double A. So that yeah, that he doesn't really get thing. risk. He's not playing. like a, a top flight prospect that they're going through all this for. Well, he he is good. Like he's yeah, but like Baltimore's system is so bad that <laughs> Santander was the thirtieth prospect in the Indians, and he is their like twelfth prospect. So <laughs> yeah, and it's also they, not, they 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 need him honestly. Yeah, and it's not like outfield is a a big area of need for the Indians. I think they'll be fine without him, but it was just, Oh, nice they, to have they will, but it just, it's frustrating that somebody that batted like two ninety last year with 20 home runs and like 90, some RBIs and over 40 doubles is just rotting away right now, losing a year of his career. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our only question this week, Brian. Um, what are you up to the next week? Obviously the draft, you just said you're going to be interviewing Bobby Bradley. Um, mm-hmm. where can people find you? What are you going to be doing? Like yeah, I'll be. I'll definitely be busy. I'll be around all day on day one of the draft, even though the Indians don't pick for the first sixty-three picks. <laughs> uh, but I'll be there, and then day two, I'm going to be in Akron. Uh, I'm going to be hopefully talking to Bobby Bradley. I've been told that it he's a little superstitious, and depending on how hot he is, he might not want to change up his routine before the game. Oh, that's interesting. So, so I'm. I'm going to attempt to make sure I have a backup plan on another player to talk to in case, like, you know, he's he's a little gun-shy. Um, but he didn't want to talk. Like, I was told that he doesn't like doing it on the phone, so that's why I'm going there in person. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, he's this is I'm going to do my my damnedest to make this the best Bobby Bradley interview he's ever done. So, like, I want to make him like be like, OK, interviews aren't so bad. You know, this guy does his homework. Yeah, so that that's my goal. You're going to do but, a little uh, favor. You got all these these young kids prepped and like ready for fun interviews when they get to the majors. And then it's going to be like, how did you bat today? Did you? Do yeah. That? <laughs> <laughs> it's and, uh, yeah. So. Uh, that, that's the plan, and then I'll I'll be around all day for day three as well to have updates on all the Indians picks. So, uh, yeah, next week is you know draft centric. I have one more I think article about how, when, and where to watch the draft if you want to. But again, the Indians don't have a first round pick, and they don't pick till late, so it's probably not a huge deal if you miss it. Yep. Uh, to everybody else, uh, subscribe to us. Let's go tribe. Um, or let's talk tribe. You got to people always say they search for let's go tribe and then they come up. There's got to be some way around it, but search for let's talk tribe on iTunes, YouTube, anywhere like that. Um, we should pop up Google Play. Uh, subscribe, leave a review if you want. All that good stuff helps us. So um, we will talk to you next week. Be around. Right.